systems are the backbone of your business, but do you have any in place? It's not something that you need to wait for until you hit multiple six figures or seven figures. It's something that you want to put in place right now. In this episode of the Sabrina Phillip podcast, I'm going to break down for you the difference between a process versus a system, what you actually need to prioritize when putting them in place in your business. And I'm going to share the four systems that are absolutely critical as you scale your business to six figures and beyond. I still have these four systems in place, even now at multiple seven figures, and I know that they'll still be with me at eight figures. So if you're ready to get your systems in check and learn how to be truly supported in your business, then this is the episode for you. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In this show, online business coach and self-made millionaire Sabrina Phillip shows you how to do entrepreneurship your way. She moved to Bali with $800 in her bank account and just one year later had scaled her business to seven figures. Sabrina has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Goldcast, and Cosmopolitan. Using her signature intentional, manageable, profitable framework, Sabrina helps women make millions online. Currently traveling the world, tune in each week as she reveals the best tips, tricks, and strategies for creating the intentional life and business of your dreams. Here's your host, Sabrina Phillip. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking all about systems. Now, this is something that a lot of people don't really prioritize in their business. And what I find to be a little bit of a pattern is if you don't prioritize systems and you scale really quickly, which is the goal, right? We all want to scale really quickly and grow our business and make tons of money. But when that happens and the focus is more so on growth than actually backing that up with a business that can handle that growth is your business can come to a breaking point where it just cannot support the number of clients or the number of customer service inquiries or the amount of leads that you are pursuing. And unfortunately, a lot of people will step away from their business because this belief will come up of, well, this is just too hard and I miss how easy things were you know, six months ago in my business. I miss how easy things were when my business was smaller. And we end up self-sabotaging ourselves and pulling back because we think that the problem is the amount of clients and the size of the business, when really the issue is that you don't have the systems to support that business. And if you did, everything would feel so much easier and you would love your business. And I've seen this happen a lot with my clients recently where they kind of hit a mental ceiling where they're like, okay, I've hit six figures. That's it. I don't want any more than this. Okay. I've hit multiple six figures. That's it. I'm good. Okay. I've hit seven figures. You know what? I never even really wanted more than this. And we can definitely talk about the mindset side of things and being open to receive more. And also there's almost always some sort of systems issue where they do not feel capable of supporting a business of that size physically, not even just energetically, but physically. So for me, systems has been a huge part of my work with my clients lately. And that's why I wanted to talk about it on today's podcast episode. So what we're going to be focusing on is specifically this idea of six figure system. So if you are looking to scale your business to six figures, I'm going to give you some specific recommendations of what systems I would have in place. I'm also going to explain to you exactly what those looks like in my business. 
My business now is a multiple seven figure business and we are putting in place eight figure systems. And that's also an idea I'm going to be talking about, but I don't want to, you know, go too much into what my business looks like now in this episode, although I will definitely do that in a different episode. But for today specifically, we're really going to focus on this idea of six figure systems and what you're going to need to have in place to scale your business to hundred K and also to keep that hundred K and to keep growing even more beyond that. So I think the first question we need to kind of start with is, okay, well, what is a system? And there's kind of two big ideas here. One is a system and one is a process. So a process is essentially any sort of procedure or series of steps that you follow if something is triggered. So for example, if a new client enrolls, there might be, let's say, a process for sending them a contract. Okay, we go into Google Drive, we find the template, we duplicate it, we add their name, download as a PDF, upload to HelloSign, send it away. There might be a process for that, right? For sending someone a contract. Or maybe there's a process for how you handle a customer support inquiry. So it's very individual and localized to one specific task. However, in a business, it's very likely that you're going to see many different processes come together to serve a larger system. And that's kind of the difference between a process versus a system. So a process is very task specific, whereas a system is much larger and it's more outcome specific. So for example, maybe that sending of the contract was the sending a contract process, but then there's a larger system to onboard a new client. So that might look like sending them a welcome email, then sending them a contract, then sending them a payment link, then sending them a welcome video, then getting them onto an onboarding call, whatever that might be. That collection of processes is your onboarding system, your client experience system. So it's really important to know the difference between the two because sometimes systems feel so overwhelming because it's like, well, how the heck do I document all of this? Well, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So you start with all of the different individual pieces or processes, you put those together and you have your system. So the reason why I created systems in my business, and this was actually really important for me from day one, is because I knew that if I did not have these in place, that I would burn out, I would not be able to support my growth, and I would pull back. Because I always had the mindset of, let me look at what everyone else is doing and what is the common thread between those who are successful and those who aren't. And that's really where the intentional manageable profitable framework came from. That's where any of my content comes from is I really try to look for what is universally true because I believe that business is going to work however you want it to work, right? If you want to be super spiritual and your business solely runs on energy and manifestation, cool, that's going to work for you if you work it. If your business is all about marketing and you're just going to go super hard on bro marketing, cool, that'll work for you if you work it. But there's a universal truth between both the people who are all about energy and the people who are all about strategy. And so one of those universal truths is regardless of what you're leading with on the outside, if you do not have the systems on the inside, your business will break you will come to resent it, you will pull back, and you will shrink. And that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the empowerment of women through entrepreneurship. And that does not mean playing small. That means smashing glass ceilings. So systems is a piece of that. So for me, systems is really just about making sure 
I never got to a place where I was limiting myself, but also I could be so fully supported that I would forever be able to stay in my zone of genius. And of course I can step in for little things here and there as needed, but the vast majority of my time is spent in my zone of genius and anything that is a repeatable task becomes a system that is largely executed on by my team or by automation. So I don't need to focus on the maintenance of the business. I can focus on the growth of the business. So for me, that's why systems were so important. And I think that's hopefully why they will be important to you as well. Now, one thing I do want to go ahead and say here before I get into the specifics of what systems you need for your six-figure business is that we really need to prioritize function over form. Now, I see a lot of folks who will let's say take a CEO day or just shut down their business for six weeks because they want to go create 800 SOPs or they want to organize their Google Drive or create the most beautiful Trello board that anyone has ever seen. And the problem with this is even if you build the most beautiful detailed system in the entire world, if you don't actually use it and it's not actually functional, then it's not really going to make a difference for your business, right? So it's extremely important that we prioritize function over form. It is not about how pretty the system is. It is about, do you actually use it? And I think that execution piece is really key here. So when it comes to this question of, okay, well, how do I build a system? How do I build a process? Whether you realize it or not, you are probably already executing some of these processes. They're just not documented. So for example, every time I had a new client sign up with me when I was taking private coaching clients three years ago, four years ago, process-wise, I would always send them a contract, then I would send them a payment link, and the big thing that I would focus on is getting them set up in Acuity. And so one of the things that was tough for me is when they would schedule in their private coaching calls, I would need to keep track of, okay, they've got 12 private coaching calls in their package and I need to keep track on a piece of paper or Google sheet to see how many they have done. And then from there, okay, they had their last call, go ahead and offboard them. So I did have a process and a system for client experience and client scheduling. It just wasn't a very good one. So what I would really encourage you to do is just really pay attention over, let's say the next two weeks to what are the different things happening in your business, how much time is it taking, and what are the steps that you're following? Because a lot of times we do this on autopilot without even realizing. And the problem with that is if you don't have that awareness of what's actually going on and you can't articulate what the problem is, you will never be able to create a solution. So I'm going to challenge you over the next two weeks, four weeks, however long, to really be very mindful of how you or your team members are operating in your business. Now, once I had that awareness of, okay, this system really sucks. Me keeping manual tabs at the time, I had like 13, 12 clients, 15 clients, me keeping tabs manually on a piece of paper of how many coaching calls Sarah has had versus Mary has had versus Amy has had. That's the worst, right? Like there's, this is just impossible. And also from a scalability perspective, because the idea is that our systems can scale with us, this would just never, ever work, right? So what I did is I was like, okay, I don't really want to 
pass off this system to a team member because I certainly could. What I would rather do is find a solution through automation and through software. And so I looked at some apps like Satori, which a lot of coaches use Satori to keep track of their coaching sessions, but I found Satori to be a bit complicated and it didn't have the features that I wanted. So what I did is I created gift packages inside of Acuity. So if you do use Acuity for scheduling, this is gonna change your life. Go create a gift package, which is basically a collection of calls. So for example, now if you sign up into my inner circle, you get 12 45-minute private coaching calls and three 30-minute private coaching calls that you can use whenever. So they sign up for this gift package and they get a code and then when they go in to schedule their calls they just use the code and it automatically deducts it i just want to like ah like heaven's part it was a game changer for me i had finally found a solution to my problem but i didn't even know that i had that problem until i started looking at it it got to a breaking point where i was like okay this sucks but i had been doing it for so long i'd been doing it for months right? And so I then created that system of, okay, now we're going to do the gift package thing. And I have been doing it ever since. I've been doing that for three years in my business. Anytime you sign up for any sort of coaching package with me where you get private calls, you're going to use the gift package system, right? And it wasn't just about that. It wasn't just about that specific process. There's so many other things within Acuity. We have custom reminder emails and cancellation emails and follow-up emails. For private clients back in the day, there was an email that would go out after automatically 24 hours after their coaching session saying, hey, just a reminder to book in your next call. I didn't have to chase clients down. Acuity handled all of that for me. Could a team member have done that? Sure, but that would have been a waste of resources. If a piece of software can do it, let them do it. There are some times where a human touch is a little bit better, like for example, with sales, but with you know client scheduling, that's fine. Let, let the tiny robots handle it. Let Acuity handle it. So I then created that system in my business and it has scaled with me. I still use some version of that years later. And the other thing that's really nice about that is it's so easy to see and just to check in on clients if I need to of, hey, how many calls has this person checked in? How many calls have they scheduled? How many do they have left? When does their package end? So it's really created this wonderful system for my business that scales with me. So there are four systems that I really recommend having when you are scaling your business to six figures. And that first one was around scheduling client experience onboarding, which I just described. So for us, what that looks like um, back then and even now is we still use HelloSign. So HelloSign is the app that we use to sign contracts. So we have contract templates that have been written by an attorney. We duplicate them, switch out their names, upload to HelloSign, send away. And the kind of that's the process for that. But the entire system is obviously step one. They say, yep, I'm going to do it. So we say, OK, cool. Here's your welcome email. Plus, we've sent you your contract. Once we get the contract, then we sent out a payment link, right? So that's a process. When this happens, then that happens. And that's something that if you do have a team, needs to be really clearly articulated. So we have articulated that if a client signs a contract, the next step is to send them a payment link or payment details if it's a wire transfer, whatever. So that happens. From there, the next important thing is they need their acuity code. They need some sort of welcome email. So for us, when I describe welcome email, I really basically just mean like, here's the calls that are happening next. So we send out 
monthly emails on the first of the month, but also weekly emails every Monday saying, hey, here's what's going on. So they need to go ahead and get that email. And that has really created an onboarding process for us. That's really wonderful. Now we've obviously tweaked this and customized this for programs. So for example, with the Academy, you get a kickoff call with a support coach. With the Accelerator, there's like a welcome orientation call with an Accelerator mentor. Bali Mastermind all starts at the same time. So there's an orientation call. Inner Circle, I usually take that kind of first call with them, turn it into an intensive and go through a few things. But there's now this process of this is how it works. And one of the reasons why that's also great is because that minimizes decision fatigue. So I don't have to negotiate or second guess, okay, what do I do next year? So figure out, first of all, what is it that I'm actually doing? Where are the holes? Where am I being inefficient? How could I go ahead and throw some things to a team member or to a piece of software, to an app? And then from there, how can I document this process? Now, a lot of folks use standard operating procedures, which are like written Google Docs. And I think that's fine and great. But what I would recommend you do instead is actually visually like film yourself doing it. So just screen record your laptop as you're doing something and then save that into an Asana board or a Google Drive or wherever. And that is now going to focus, that is now going to function as your systems library, as your SOP library. So go ahead and document that. So that first system that you want to have is scheduling, client experience, onboarding, basically just client experience as a whole. Now, the second system that I really recommend having as you're scaling your business to six figures, but also for literally every business, because remember, these systems are designed to scale with us. They will get tweaks and improvements and upgrades along the way, but we're not making radical changes at any level. We're just constantly upgrading. So the second system that I recommend having is a content system. Now, the reason why this is so important, and I really believe that you need to have this at any level of business, is because if you are an online business, you need to be dot, dot, dot online. If you are not online as an online business, you have missed the entire point of this. Your content is gold. Your content is how you connect with your people. I think also the other thing that's so wonderful about content marketing versus just paid advertising is it really builds true and deep relationships with your audience. I have people who buy from me now who have been following me for four years. I have people who don't buy from me who have been following me for four years, but they recommend me to other people and they help grow my business. And when I'm featured in press, they share my articles. And when I am celebrating a big win, they cheer me on. And I've been able to build that through my content marketing. But a lot of people really struggle with content marketing because we tend to hear different things. And I've noticed that things tend to go in waves. Now this is true for everything, right? But like for example, one of the big waves at the moment is all about like CEO. That's like the buzzword of 2020. But one of the big waves, one of the big trends that everyone was preaching when I got started four years ago in my business was that you had to post in a Facebook group three times a day. That was like the biggest thing. You had to post in Facebook groups three times a day. And that was basically the beginning and end of content marketing. And there wasn't really much information added outside of this, which I think is also why it's super important that if you ever do come across a trend or you're hearing someone say something a lot, really ask yourself, like, what is the actual nuance here? Because yes, posting in Facebook groups is a wonderful strategy. And I do share that with my clients even now. There's much more to it than just that. So even if that was the case, all I need to do is post in, con in Facebook groups three times a day. 
a lot of people, their content planning system basically looks like, okay, I wake up, I hope I'm inspired today, and then I'm going to write a social media post and share it to my Instagram, share it to my Facebook group, and then call it a day. Now, what happens if you're feeling sick that day? What happens if inspiration does not strike and you're feeling writer's block? What happens if you are so busy and slam packed that day and you just don't have time, right? So that's a very faulty system susceptible to human error. And I think that there's a balance, right? Like for me, my content definitely comes from moments of inspiration, but I have systems that support me. So it's not solely on my energy. It's not solely on my inspiration. I believe that my energy can drive my business, but I don't believe that it can ever hold it back, right? I'm going to, I'm not going to let myself be in a position where my business would keep me small, where my energy would keep my business small. My energy can drive me forward, but my energy cannot hold me back. So if that's the case, then I need something also holding me up and supporting me. And that's what a content planning system ultimately looks like. So for you, maybe you sit down once a week and you plan out your content, or maybe you write one post a day, whatever that is, first step awareness, what's actually going on here. Whether I realize it or not, I have a content plan. I have a content system. Let's understand what that is. And then let's identify the inefficiencies and the susceptibilities to human error. Okay, cool. Now, What are some tweaks, improvements, upgrades that I can put in place to make that easier, better, stronger, more effective? One simple thing that anyone can add in, doesn't matter what stage in your business, is repurposing. Take the content that you have already created and reshare it. That's number one. Number two, take the content that you have already created and chop it up into other little things. So for example, take a blog post, turn it into three social media posts take a live stream, turn it into two social posts, whatever, but really chop up the content that you already have. That's the second thing that you can do. Third thing, when you do sit down to plan your content for the week, for the month, whatever that might be, have a balance between your original big pillar content, like a podcast or a live stream or whatever, and your promotional content, which points back to your pillar content. So don't just put out a podcast once, promote it two or three times. Don't just do one live stream, drive traffic back to that over and over again. All you have to do is reshare the video and you have another piece of content. And then also third thing, subsidiary content. So this is like random unrelated content. It's not particularly pushing to anything big. So if you just think of like, okay, I got inspired today, here's my Instagram post, that's your subsidiary content. But go ahead and make a decision on how much of each content do I want to have. So for example, maybe 30% of your content is your big macro pillar content, your live streams, your podcasts, whatever. Then let's say 20% of your content is pushing back and resharing to go back to that original content. And then 50% of your content is going to be subsidiary content. You decide that half of that content will be new, half of that content will be repurposed. You have now chopped up and reduced the amount of new content that you need to create, and also you're making your content work harder for you. That is a system that you can put in place, right? You can have a process that says, every time I write a piece of content, it goes into my content bank, right? Because if you're not organizing your content, that's gonna be really difficult when it comes time to repurposing. But these are some of the decisions that you can start to make around how can I make my content work harder for me? The other process you could potentially put in place is 
whenever I share a piece of content, I add the link to a Google sheet. And then I check in on that content after a day or two to see if anyone's commented and respond to any comments. But you won't know this if you don't actually have awareness around what am I already doing? What are the inefficiencies? What are the susceptibilities to human error? And then how can I make this easier for myself? How can I make this more organized? How can I make this more systematized? That's where you need to start. So those are the first two systems I recommend having. The first one being um, having some sort of client experience scheduling onboarding system. The second being around content. The third one is very key and that's payment. So I see a lot of folks who, when it comes time to collecting payment, they just say, okay, PayPal me. So let's talk susceptibilities there. You don't have a contract in place usually is what I see. And so that means all your money is basically susceptible to a refund request at any time. You have no legal protections in place. Um, Also, the other thing with that is I see a lot of folks who will just send out an invoice every time they need the client to pay their next installment. That's also something that's very susceptible to human error because clients are very fickle. They don't always check their email right away. Maybe it takes them two or three days to make the payment. Maybe they just don't want to make the payment. Whereas if you had a system where there was an automatic charging of payment plans, right? The system, Stripe, PayPal, whatever, automatically charges all of the payment plan installations, then that's going to save you so much time, right? Because what is the system ultimately, but it is, what is a true system, an ideal system? It's a way to save you time and resources. So if Stripe can just charge that card every 30 days instead of you or a team member needing to create an invoice and send it out, that's going to be so much easier for you. So collecting payment is a huge piece of your business that I would recommend having a system around. There are two big things here. One, make sure you have a contract or terms of purchase for everything that you sell in your business. And two, have an easy way to collect payment. Make it easy for people to pay you. So for us, we usually use Stripe and Thrivecart. So Stripe is the merchant processor. Thrivecart is the shopping cart. And I can put um, a link to get Thrivecart in the show notes. That's exciting. I don't normally put links in show notes, but there you go. Um, So you can get Thrivecart. That's what I use. It's really great. One of the reasons why I liked it is, and also just like looking at susceptibilities and inefficiencies. At one point I was paying moon clerk every single month and it would scale. So I remember one month at a huge month, like a hundred thousand dollar cash month or something. And they or maybe less, maybe $80,000 cash, but they charged me 500 bucks because it was a sliding scale. And I was like, okay, never again. So I moved over to Samcart, but Samcart was charging me $99 a month flat fee. And I was like, this doesn't feel super great either. So I moved over to Thrivecart, which I think was like 600 bucks, 500 bucks once. And I've never had to pay for it again. And that was back in February, 2017. And it was so, so good. And one of the best decisions I've ever made for my business. But I think that's also why this awareness piece is so key, right? Where is it that I'm just bleeding resources, whether that's like time, whether that's team members, whether that's like money on apps, like what can I do to make this better? And of course, the thing about investment is some things are worth it. Some things aren't right. Like pay your coach, obviously, but paying $500 to a payment processor that you could get elsewhere for, you know, 50 bucks, hundred bucks mm, might, might pass on that one, might change that one. Now, the fourth system that I'm going to recommend you have 
is a system around sales. Now, this is something I talk about so much with my clients and also in my course, Sold Out Sales. I have an entire module just about sales process. And what my clients don't realize is I was tricking them all along the course because as I was making them document everything, module six, the last module was like, okay, let's tie it all together. You have your sales process. Um, So I will trick you a little bit now to the best of my abilities on this podcast episode. But what I really recommend you think about is how is it actually that I take a potential client and turn them into a paying customer? And not even how do I take that potential client and turn them into a paying customer, but how do I even get them in the first place? How do I even bring a lead into my business? How do I nurture that relationship to a point where we can have a sales conversation, whether that's in the DMs, on a sales call, or just them seeing a live stream or hearing a podcast episode or reading a post, reading a blog post and thinking, hey, I want to invest in this. How can we get to a point where that client is at a sales decision point and they choose to invest in my business? And then the next system that would trigger after that is, of course, client onboarding. And that's something really cool you'll notice about systems is they tend to kind of build off of each other and trigger off of each other. But really thinking about that client acquisition, nurturing that client, and then converting that client is really key to making sales feel easy. And I hope that one of the things you'll take away from this is you don't actually hate that many things in your business. You just don't know what you're doing, right? And that's not a dig, but like I hear people say all the time, like, I hate sales calls. Sales calls suck. Like, I just want my clients to buy in the DMs. And like, yeah, totally. Like, that's great. Also, you probably just suck at sales calls, right? Like, oh, I hate systems. Like, they suck. They're so hard. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, systems don't suck. They're not selling, like, stealing your soul. You just don't have any in place, right? A lot of us make stories around something being hard, the worst, restrictive, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you just don't know how to do it. And it's really important that you get to a point where you can have that discernment of figuring out what's actually going on in a situation. Do I actually not like this or do I just not feel confident in this area? Because if you can figure out that piece, then you can figure out the solution. If it's, I don't actually like this, okay, what's the next thing? If it's, I don't feel confident in this area, okay, let's go get some skills or some training in that area. So with sales, it's really important that you have a system or a process around that because so many people feel so much resistance to sales. They think it is so icky. They think it is so gross. And for me, I don't really care if you buy my shit or not. I think you definitely should because it'll change your life. But for me, sales is an act of service. I'm not here to take anything from you. I'm here to help people. I actually track how much my clients make. And so I can literally see, okay, this month, we helped my clients make a million and a half dollars, $2 million, whatever. It's usually some sort of crazy massive number. And so I can look at the end of the year. I think this year my clients will probably make over $30 million, something like that. I don't know exactly, so don't quote me, but that's like a really cool thing. And I know that that was possible because they invested in my services and I helped them. I taught them things. I coached them through things. I supported them that relationship, that sale led to so much wonderful income created for women. And now I don't think money is the whole thing, but for me, I believe that the world would be a better place with more money in the hands of women and more women in positions of power. 
And so that's my, that's my end game. That's my ultimate goal. And that's my mission to empower women through entrepreneurship. And that means they need to get paid. And that happens when I work with them. So for me, sales doesn't feel icky. That being said, cool. I've worked on the mindset stuff. I still need a way to easily attract, nurture, convert clients. And so that looks like content planning is a huge piece of that. Having really wonderful content marketing, having lead magnets, figuring out what do, what does lead tracking look like? What does nurturing that lead look like? And then even getting onto a sales call, I have a seven step sales call structure that I teach to all of my clients and going through that sales call structure so that it's easy. And so that I feel confident and empowered around sales calls. And then, you know, bada bing, bada boom, we're done. So it doesn't need to be difficult. You just need to have a process because when you have a process, you feel supported and you say, okay, I know exactly what to do here. I don't feel overwhelmed or freaked out that this person is saying, hi, how can we work together? Because I know when this happens, then that happens. That is what a process is. That is what a system is. So all of this to say, just to recap the four systems I recommended having in your six-figure business and also every single business, regardless of size, because I still have these systems in my business, but scheduling slash client experience or onboarding. So we're going to call that one client experience, um, two content, three payment and four sales. Now you will of course have systems and processes beyond this, but these are really the four that I would nail down and get these super right. Because when you do, everything is going to feel so much easier in your business. And so some of the big takeaways that I hope you will hold on to from today's episode is one, it really is about actually using the system and not how pretty it looks. If you take this podcast episode and you're like, okay, I need to shut down my business for two months while I record 800 SOPs, you've missed the point, right? It is not about how pretty your Google Drive looks, how color coordinated your Asana is. It is about function and usability and actually using and implementing and living from those systems and processes. The other thing also is systems and processes leave you feeling supported. They leave you in your zone of genius. That means you can grow a lot easier, but that also means that you're not going to hit a breaking point. And I think that's really important just because you are limitless. You don't have any sort of limits or caps on your potential. You can have it all and you're going to get to the six figure level and you're going to be like, okay, cool. Multiple six figures. Okay, cool. Seven figures. So having those systems is going to make the ride a whole lot easier. So those are some of the things that I wanted to share with you. And then I think also, of course, just, um, you know, they're not hard. You just don't know how to build them. And it's not even that you don't know how to build them sometimes. It's just that you won't actually do it. So just take the time over the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and one, pay attention, actually track your time and then see what am I doing over and over and over again? Okay. I sent invoices 10 times that cost my business three hours of time. Okay. I, you know, sent out six contracts. Okay. I responded to 15 customer service emails. Actually pay attention because anything that you do more than once, anything that you do more than once needs a process or system around it. Any repeatable task should be a process. Anything you do more than once period, because otherwise you're just losing time and money in your business. These things aren't hard. You just don't know how to do them or you haven't taken the time to do them. 
And guess what? I have excellent, amazing, incredible news for you. You can literally make a decision right now that today is the day that changes. You don't have to continue to struggle with this. This doesn't need to be something that's hard. You also just get to reframe and redefine what a system is for you. For some people, they hear systems and it's like their brain breaks and they think like, oh my God, that is the worst. That is so boring corporate. I hear system and I think, oh my gosh, I get to spend even more time with my fiance, watching Netflix, cooking things, making craft cocktails, playing with my orchids, whatever. Like to me, systems equals freedom. And I hope that for you, you get to a point where you realize that systems equals freedom. They give you more resources. They get, it's, it's more efficient, more space, more time so that you can actually focus on doing what you're here to do. I am not here to answer customer service emails. I am not here to send out payment links. I am here to empower women through entrepreneurship. And that means delivering transformation through coaching courses and live events. That's what I'm here to do. I am not here to organize a Google drive. That doesn't mean that someone doesn't need to do it, right? You need a team or you need systems and software to do that. But for now, even if you don't have any team members, start to document what your systems and processes look like so that you can pass it off to someone when the time comes. All right, everyone. I hope that this episode was really helpful for you. If you have any questions about systems or processes, you can head on over to my Instagram and leave them there. I will see you in next week's podcast episode. And thank you so much for joining me. See you next time. Hey everyone, it's Paul here again. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of the Sabrina Phillip podcast. Just before you go, I wanted to let you know that for anyone who rates and reviews our podcast, we're going to send you a mug. Just head to sabrinaphillip.com forward slash podcast and we'll give you all the instructions for how to do that. We really appreciate reading those reviews. Um, They really spark joy in our hearts and there's some funny ones in there. So please uh, rate and review the podcast. We'll send you a mug as a thanks and I can't wait to uh, see you back here for the next episode.